0: Well, today we're going to see in John 8 a continuation of conflict. Now, any pastor who's been a pastor long at all huh, studies conflict. If you've been in any managerial position, you study conflict. If, if you supervise people or work with people, you study conflict. Pastors do too. And we become aware that sometimes... Conflict is expressed rather overtly. It's right out there. There are people who are going to just be very open with their belligerence, their pugnaciousness. Oh, yes. that others are more subtle in their way of handling conflict. I read a couple of funny stories this week. One uh, person talked about their daughter came home from school and said, we have spirit week this week, and one of the days... We have to do an ugly tie contest. So Daddy, feeling very magnanimous, said, Well, honey, go in and pick out the tie of mine that you think is the ugliest. To which she replied, Daddy, any of your ties will do. (laughs) Ooh. And then there was the story of this mother-in-law who went to see her daughter-in-law upon the birth of their firstborn baby. And mother in law and daughter in law are having a mother a woman to woman talk and the young mother's looking down at her precious newborn son and just looks at him with his goo goo eyes and says This no woman will ever be good enough to marry this little boy. To which the mother in law replied, Honey, I know exactly how you feel. Ooh, sometimes the conflict is overt and outward and sometimes it's dealt with in more s- subtle ways. Well, in John chapter 8, we're going to see the continuing dialogue of Jesus and the religious leaders. Which began with rather subtle innuendo and then it moved to much more outward and open rejection And even today, violence. So it progressed downward to the point that we read in the last part of John 8. And I have so enjoyed preaching and teaching through the gospel of John. Every verse. Not leaving anything out. We're looking at all of it. And today, I'm excited to share some of the greatest words ever, ever recorded. And yes... It's one of my favorite verses, passages, it really is. But we're going to see this blatant rejection and this deepening conflict, this deepening animosity, we're going to see it reach its zenith in this text today. So John 8, beginning with verse 48, going through the end of the chapter. If you have your Bible or a smartphone, you can find it easily. But John chapter 8, beginning with verse 48. The Bible says the Jews, the Jewish leaders, in essence, responded to him. Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and that you have a demon? Now stop right there just a moment. How's he going to respond to that? I mean, really? It's an ethnic, racial slur. It's one of the worst criticisms they could have laid in him. What are you going to say about that? We'll we'll come back to that in just a moment. I do not have a demon, Jesus answered. On the contrary, I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. I do not seek my glory. The one who seeks it also judges. I assure you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death, ever. And the Jewish leaders said, the Jews said, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died and so did the prophets. You say if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death ever. Are you greater than our father, Abraham who died? Even the prophets who died? Who do you pretend to be? If I glorify myself, Jesus answered, my glory is nothing. My father, you say about him, he is our God. He is the one who glorifies me. You've never known him. But I know him. I would be a liar like you, but I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day. And he saw it and rejoiced. Now the Jewish leaders are going crazy. They replied, you aren't 50 years old yet. You've seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, here's our memory verse. Jesus said to them, verse 58, I assure you, before Abraham was, I am. At that, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple complex. Amazing. Amazing. This animosity is reaching its zenith. This ongoing uh, dialogue with Jesus and the religious leaders has reached a point of no return. First, we do see the attack. You see, they could not attack Jesus' message, so they attacked the person. Did you hear me? They could not refute his statements, so they begin to attack his person. It had already started if you remember back in verse 41 of chapter 8 we saw them make, cast an aspersion upon his parentage we are not born of fornication like you why would they say this? Well Jesus' mother was pregnant with him before she ever married you know why? I know why But here they are casting aspersions upon Jesus in a terrible way. And in verse 48, it it continues with horrible language being used to Jesus. Now we know that you're a Samaritan and you're demon-possessed. These personal attacks are quite obvious. To call someone demon-possessed in first century Judaism was a horrible insult. To call him a Samaritan was the lowest comment you could lay at anyone. It was a racial, ethnic slur. He knew it. They tried to hit him right where they thought it would hurt him the most. Earlier with his parentage and now with his lineage and his lack of, of connection with God by being demon-possessed. In 21st century political world, we would call it mudslinging, right? And it's happening in this world at a level we have never seen before. And let me tell you something, friends. I'm not going into politics right now much, but I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of people calling each other names, and I'm sick of people cutting down people even about their height. It's ridiculous. How are you going to fix your height? Attack where it should be attacked on the issues that are there and can be attacked. But let's stop the silliness. Well, they, re- they degenerated to the same level of 21st century American politics. Calling him name. Well, let's see. The explanation of purpose, verse 49 through 51. If some of you are mad at me for what I just said, get over it. There's the explanation of purpose, verse 49 through 51. If you'll notice, Jesus did not even respond to the ethnic slur. And there are times, we talked about it in Sunday school this morning, there are times it's best to zip it. There are times it's just best to put... Job said it in our passage this morning. I'm just going to put a hand over my mouth. Betty, Job, it's best that you do that. Sometimes we just have to not say what we're thinking. It's hard. Some of us don't have clutches. Uh, We don't have filters. It's just going to come out. I loved one woman. I did her funeral and I said she never had an unspoken thought. And It's true. If she thought it, it came out. Well, sometimes it's just best not to even dignify certain things with a response, right? And he didn't even respond to the ethnic slur. He did respond to the fact that they claimed he was demon-possessed. And he said, no, I am not possessed of a demon. You're dishonoring the Father. But I am honoring the Father. It's impossible to honor the Father Without honoring the Son. And you are not doing either. They were seeking their own glory. And Jesus said, I am seeking the glory of the one who sent me. He was dealing with people who were not even seeing things clearly. You see, they had a tradition-centered religion without Christ. And that often becomes a mutual... uh, Uh, admiration society where we seek the praise of other men and that's what was going on he said I'm seeking the praise of God you're seeking the praise of other men he warned them that they would die in their sins but then isn't it beautiful look at verse 51 isn't it beautiful That he invites them to trust his word and never see death. Look at verse 51. If you want two memory verses, that's a good one, I assure you. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death, ever. And so Jesus invites them to the wonderful freedom that they can have in him. Freedom from death. All of us are going to die someday, physically. I did a funeral yesterday of a man that I love dearly. I've known him for now 20 years. And he died. We're all going to die physically someday. But Jesus said, if you trust me, love me, know me, you will never taste real death ever, ever. Don't even worry about it. Because when you leave this life and you know Christ, you're just fixing, they say in South Carolina, to go to a better place. So he explains this to them and it gives them a wonderful invitation. If you will keep my word. He had said it earlier, hadn't he? But now he says it again. You will never see death ever. Well, third, we see the continued confusion. Look at verse 52 and 53. Now they're convinced he's lost his mind. So they respond back, and they lack spiritual insight. So they challenge his last statement. Oh, wait a minute. Now just wait a minute. What do you mean we're not going to die? Abraham died, and all the prophets died, and you say if we continue in your word, we're going to live forever? They're now convinced that he is demonic. They knew Abraham was dead. Yet he was a great man. The faithful prophets were also dead. Oh, my friends, they were convinced he was gone. So there's continued confusion. But third and last, fourth and last, there's the declaration of eternity, but also the declaration of divinity. The video that we showed just a moment ago talked about this in a powerful way. You see, here in this text, verses 54 through the end of the chapter, by claiming to be the Lord of death, our Lord Jesus was claiming to be God once again. He's making this bold pronunciation about himself. He's not trying to honor himself. It's not an honor he made for himself. But it is an honor because he was sent from God and he is there to represent God And so instead of rejoicing in this, these people are revolting and they're trying to kill him. As we see in the very last verse, they took up stones to stone him. He said, don't you understand? My father, my glory is nothing. My father, you say about him, he's our father. He's the one who glorifies me. You've never known him, but I know him. And then look at verse 56. Your father Abraham was overjoyed that he would see my day. He saw it and rejoiced. Well, that sent them over the edge. How could you claim that Abraham saw you? We don't understand it, but we do as we look back, don't we? Because Abraham, by faith, believed in that which was to come. The Bible says by faith it was credited in him as righteousness. He saw that celestial city. He saw what was to come. He knew that one day the Savior would come. By faith he saw it. And that's what Jesus is saying. But they don't understand it at all. And in verse 57 they say you're not 50 years old and you say you've seen Abraham. You have lost your mind. Now before we get to Jesus' reply, let me back up a little bit and go almost to the beginning. Exodus chapter 3, it's not up on the screen, wasn't in my sermon when I printed it, but in verse 13 of Exodus 3, if you want to go there, that's fine, if you don't, if it takes you too long to find it, that's all right. I'll read it to you. Moses asked God, if I go to the Israelites and say to them the God of your fathers has sent me to you and they ask me what is his name what do you want me to tell them? God replied to Moses I am who I am. Now I was talking to a sweet member here, talking about the fact that in Hebrew and in the Greek New Testament, Hebrew Old Testament mainly, not exclusively, book of Daniel was written in Aramaic, a cognate language to Hebrew. But in Hebrew and in the Greek New Testament, the capitalization that we have in our Bibles is not in the original text. That's from us. But if there's ever a time it ought to be capitalized, and my version does capitalize saying, God replied to Moses, capital, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. I am is the Hebrew verb to be. And it's saying God is the centrality of reality. He is the center of what is and so when he identified himself to the ancient Israelites, he said, tell them, I am has sent you. Translated, Yahweh, I am. Powerful covenant name of our Lord God. Tell them, that's who sent you. And now, John 8. And now John eight fifty eight. our memory verse for the day. You're not 50 years old, verse 57. And you've seen Abraham, Jesus said to them. Before Abraham was, I am. Whoa! do you understand what he was saying? That before Abraham ever existed, I existed. Because I am God. I am God. What do we tell the Israelites? Who do we tell them you are? I am sent you. Jesus says before Abraham even was, I am. Friends, in 21st century culture, that's a mic drop moment. Have you heard that phrase? That's a mic drop moment. That's when the whole audience goes, oh. Oh. They went crazy. They took up stones to kill him. But he was under divine protection at that moment. Later, that protection would be removed and he would be crucified on that tree as the song just sang about. But at this moment, he's under divine protection. He just walks out. Afraid? Jesus was never afraid. But it was not yet his time. It drove them crazy. They took up stones to kill him. But what should be your reaction? Your reaction should be one of praise and adoration. Your reaction should be, that's my Lord Jesus. He is God the Son. He is the I Am that was talked about in Exodus chapter 3. He's not a junior God. He is not just one of many. He is the Son of God of God. He is God the Son. Oh my friends, the most difficult people to reach are those who do not realize their lostness. And that's why I beg of you, if you ever want to be a part of the family of faith, you know what you've got to do to become a part of the family of faith? And I've talked to two men who have been recently in this church house about that recently. I said, do you know what you've got to do? You've got to admit that you are a sinner. You want to join this church? You know the qualifications? Admit that you are a sinner. It's the only organization on the face of the earth we have to admit how bad you are to get in. Go join some other club and you'll have to sign up all kinds of things you've done. You want to join a sorority, a fraternity, you've got to tell all these good things you've done. Here, we just want to know how bad you are. Welcome. Welcome. the worst people to try to reach are the ones who don't know. This was another affirmation of the divine sonship of Jesus. And these people did not realize they were under the condemnation of God. And they trusted their religion so they were in a living death. Whose child are you, I ask you this morning. Jesus pointed out, you are of the devil. These leaders were of the devil and their parentage was the one that he should be questioning. They depended on a counterfeit righteousness. Do we? They trusted in a religion that was based on works rather than faith in Christ. Do we? I can't tell you how many people I talk to and when I talk to them about Christ, they want to talk about the church. Joining a church. Well, I was baptized. I didn't ask you when you were baptized. I ask you, do you have a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have a personal Intimate relationship with him. I didn't ask you what church you were a member of. I didn't ask you where you were baptized or sprinkled. I asked you, do you know Jesus? These religious leaders could not see that they were depending on something that would never take them to heaven. And that's why I entitled this message, the same thing I entitled a message just a few weeks ago, It's a Matter of Life and Death. If it's true, It's true. Jesus said, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. I invite you to give your life to Christ today. I invite you to come to Him. Let Him save you. I invite you to admit your inadequacy and to proclaim His adequacy. Pray with me, please. Lord, in Jesus' name, we thank You for this time. Thank you, Lord, that you never failed from telling the truth, even when it gave your son an almost-death experience. You never shunned from telling the truth, nor do you today. Oh, God, may we not be like those who fail to see it, who fail to respond to it, but may we be those who respond powerfully, beautifully, openly, fully. Lord, we need you. And we need you to be the Lord of every part of our lives. And so as we come before you today, we ask that you would speak and we would respond. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.